Well, welcome everybody. Welcome one, welcome all. This is Elite Business Live, coming to you live from London. And I'm pleased to say, you know, I've escaped the house. It's absolutely wonderful. It does feel a bit strange having shoes on. But uh, apart from that, we're all doing very well. And beautifully shoed and attired are my panel on digital transformation. Greetings one and all. How nice to see you. Morning. Hello. Hi. Hello. <laughs> well, welcome. Let me tell you who's here. Uh, our theme, by the way, is digital transformation. And if you've got questions for this esteemed lineup, please fire them through on the interactive button on the main channel. You could put them on Twitter as well. We'll be scanning the hashtag. Right, sitting next to me is Biplab Rakshi. Uh, Biplab, welcome. You're the uh, Managing Director of Atomic Acquisitions. You've had a pretty terrifying career in terms of the world of nuclear energy on a global scale. Yes, I started life in the uh, oil and gas industry and then moved into utilities, um, was part of Eastern Electricity for a while and then set up the Nuclear Decommissioning Authority for the UK government. So a bit of globetrotting along the way, probably. You've been yep. grounded for the year. I've uh, travelled the world, uh, most of the world, I would say, uh, and lately I've become the chair of the East of England for the IOD. I saw that. That's the Institute of Directors. That is the Institute of Directors. Well, I'm going to quiz you a bit about that as well, because I love the benefits of some of these organisations. Um, thank you uh, for joining us. Uh, I might jump down to the end, actually. Pete Oliver. Uh, nice to see you, Pete. Managing Director of BT&EE. &E. So obviously, question number one, can you get me the news? Samsung, that'll be the first question. <laughs> we can talk afterwards, yes. <laughs> Depends what questions you ask me today. Yeah, well, exactly, if I go easy, exactly. But, but seriously, these are big consumer brands. What does the role involve in practice? And just give us a sense, because you're a very big player. Well, I look after the team that, that manage all of our small and medium-sized uh, business customers. Yeah. And we provide a range of broadband and mobile services, but also digital services to help businesses get the most out of their connectivity. Good. Well, I want to hear the lessons that you've learned from those. Uh, Melissa Snova, how nice to welcome you back. Yes, nice to be here again. Melissa, if I was in the classroom, I might say, are you chewing? Um, because you've got, <laughs> you've got an excuse, though, haven't you? Because are you eating one of your own products? No, actually, I always have my Nourish first thing in the morning. But no, <laughs> I am chewing gum. I'm sorry. Don't worry at all. Bad habit. <laughs> I like it. But, but you've created a couple of amazing brands, including Nourished. And this is a, a, a jam-packed, if you like, a gummy. And just, just remind us, because it's very personalized. Absolutely. So Nourished is the world's first personalized gummy vitamin, uh, which is made with seven different elements, which are chosen and recommended by our algorithm. Oh. And then we 3D print the products in Birmingham and send them direct to customers' doors. Hang on, so just let us get our head around this. <laughs> the one I receive could or will be different to the one that BitLab receives? Absolutely. We can make over a billion combinations today and we make a different product every five minutes. Wow. Yeah. And where have you got to in the life of the business? Where are you in the journey? We started um, about 14 months ago. We have over 10,000 um, subscribing customers in the UK and the US. We have two factories in Birmingham and 70 staff. Wow. Where can we find more, by the way? Nourish, just tell us. Get-nourish.com. Get or just Google, you know, personalized vitamins. So what about this other brand that's emerging, Scripted? Same but different? This is all around 3D printing of medicine. So ah. we really believe that, you know, healthcare is both preventative and curative. So by making customized medications that are specific to the user, we can actually improve patient care and actually help people improve their lives faster. Love it. So a bit of a bit of another stretch there. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and and speaking of welcome back, welcome back, uh, Kim Antonio. Lovely to see you again. Hello. Nice to see you all. Now, again, you're sort of in my mind, a sort of serial entrepreneur. You've created several organizations, including uh, Cafoodle, 
but also Aris Tech. They're very different. Cafoodle, the clue is in the food. Yep, <laughs> yeah, absolutely is. Tell us a little bit more. So uh, Cafoodle was sort of born by the uh, fact that my husband has a really serious allergy and nearly died in a restaurant back in 2013. And um, I figured that there was a really good case to bring something into um, the food industry to help them to manage their allergen compliance and their allergen information and be able to share that with their their diners um, and Cavoodle sort of six years on is um, is doing that very very well we also do things like nutrition but in a very different way from yeah. from Melissa which I still think is magical <laughs> um, and you know, work a lot in the care sector and yeah. and and education as well as general hospitality so meanwhile uh, Auris Tech A-U-R-I-S Tech is speech recognition Yes. Um, it's actually speech recognition in, in particular for, for literacy and for reading and, and we're focusing very heavily on, on children's reading and that's obviously been uh, that's pretty important right here and now uh, because of what's going on in the schools and the disruption there but we've built a voice recognition engine that listens to children as they read aloud and then because it's actually listening it um, it can report back on time read, on accuracy, and um, and so teachers and parents can really focus in on, you know, focus their resources where, where it's needed the most. Amazing. How, how powerful is that? Well, we need to keep talking about that. Michelle, I hope you're catching all of this in Small Business Britain HQ. I think we've got some new role models for us. That's amazing. I love it. I love hearing these stories. It's, just, it's brilliant. What people do, it's just gobsmacking it's brilliant i love it well send us your address michelle we'll get some gummies over to you by the end of the, by the, end of the week don't you worry about that so so can i can i ask um we don't talk enough in my opinion about failures cock-ups lessons learned the hard way so can i take you back and be as open as you like i know you're on brand pete obviously but but don't be afraid just give us a pithy example of something particularly in this world of digital transformation that you learn the hard way and i'm going to ask you to keep it relatively pithy just to get some thought starters for our audience as they get their heads around this world Bit lab, go first, and then we'll go down to Melissa. Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking about it. At the moment, I, I think um, a lot of people have invested in IT for the sake of IT, mm. thinking that this is going to be a panacea to a new proposition, new activity. But they've found that either the cost is too much or the ability to manage that is uh, not relevant, and that's caused problems. So the resources, the, the training and the development has not been there to back up what they're trying to do. So it's the end to end goal yeah. has not been there. I need the thought and the roadmap to delivery is not there. Yeah. And that's what's been uh, and I'm talking broadly rather than being specific. Yeah, that, but also as the as the years have gone by, that flexibility has now emerged so that we didn't have to buy something off the shelf that we had no ability to use. Um, absolutely. And the fact is that previously we would have never thought of going digital, yeah. whereas now, because of the pandemic, we're being pushed in that direction, yeah. um, whether we like it or not. That's so right. So, so Melissa, um, entrepreneurs tell a usually positive story, but give us a glimpse of the, uh, of the lesson learned the hard way. Um, yeah, I mean, I think in relation to digital transformation, um, I've made a lot of mistakes in my career. Uh, Nourished is my fourth company, so I've had a couple in the past where, um, yeah, I think it's not as relevant. But the one I think would be relevant to people listening would be when we first developed the website for Nourished, we hired an agency to do it. And as I'm not a web developer, um, I really didn't understand exactly what 
um, you know, what was reasonable in order to push them. It ended up to be an absolutely horrible nightmare. We were late on our launch. It cost me a fortune to correct it. And so the way that we now go forward is we built our own in-house web dev team. We built as much capability in-house so that we have people 100% focused towards our mission. And we haven't had those kinds of problems since. Okay, so on that, just let me, <laughs> let me imagine that you went back in time, you kept an external agency, just for the sake of the question. Yep. What have you learned that you would have done differently to allow that relationship to have gone better? I think I would have got more referrals about them and I think ah. I would have been put off, their, um, put off them immediately because now that I have gone backwards and done th that after the fact, I actually found quite a few people who had had a similar experience. So I would really encourage anyone who is using any type of agency, digital or otherwise, to make sure you do your homework and check in with other people who have used them in the past. Right, really powerful. Kim, yeah. I can see you nodding along with that. You can build <laughs> on that or give another example of a lesson. Well, um, I think for us, when we first started to um, build Finetti, which is our, um, our, our voice recognition platform, um, we set out sort of eight years ago to build a platform, an app, to help children learn to read and to practice their reading. But what we didn't realise at that time is the technology behind it didn't actually exist. So we thought we were setting out to build an app and we actually had to build the technology. And I think the, the lesson for, for me was the fact that we tried to do that internally uh, for a couple of years and we had a little bit of success, but then we realised that you have to work with the best people and we, we, we partnered up with the University of Edinburgh mm. and that was absolutely... Um, you know, powerful, and that's what uh, enabled us to actually build the now patented technology that we've got. So I think that the lesson for me is stand on the shoulders of giants. You know, if you, you know, don't be afraid to work with people that you aspire to be so much better than you, um, because that's how we learn. You know, we have a tendency to think that we have to know it all and we have to know all the answers. Um, especially when you're sort of running a business and you're running a team. But actually, no. The lesson is work with experts right so we'll get um, we'll get Pete we'll get your commentary on this but briefly I don't know if we've still got Michelle uh, with us uh, I hope Absolutely. we have um, <laughs> Michelle um, you know I, I think this is clear that every situation is a bit different but already in Melissa's case the lesson led to bringing expertise in-house whereas Kim mm -hmm. went in another direction mm -hmm. with looking for an academic resource so Anything you notice about some of these key decisions about who should do what? Well, yes, ask an expert, definitely. Um, it was interesting when you said the question, like, where, where, have you, where have you messed up? Pretty much everything. At some point, we've messed up everything. Um, and usually it is because we've got, we're trying to work it out ourselves. We don't know what we're doing. I don't know how to build a website. I don't know how to build an app. Um, I don't know anything about... HR and I don't be about finance, but do you know what? Get an expert, bring them in house, go externally if you need to, but speak to someone who knows what they're talking about. And the big challenge actually for small businesses, you know, when you're or you're starting out as an entrepreneur, is that you have to do everything. You know, you you are the business. You're doing stock control, you're making the tea, you're doing finance, you're building the website, and nobody knows everything. Like you just don't. And actually Although it's quite difficult to let go of control, that is one of the hardest things I know that entrepreneurs find. Actually, it's quite liberating when you kind of go, do you know what? I accept. I don't know that. I don't. I'm going to get a really good person. I might hire them in. I might use them externally, but I'm going to get a really good person and get them to be the expert. 
And I think that's a good learning for everybody. Okay, so we're learning BitLab to navigate our way through these choices. What's striking you as you hear, Michelle? What, what, what I'm finding is that the, the issue of risk has not been sort of addressed. The key for us at the IOD and at, at uh, Atomic Acquisitions is primarily understanding what's in your comfort zone. What do you, can you do yourself and what you can't do? Mm -hmm. And getting those experts. There is a lot of experts claiming to be experts, but <laughs> are they really experts? And that's the next question that comes <laughs> along, is that you can hire so-called experts, but a lot of the time, unless you've got that goal and the strategy where you want to get to, uh, and uh, giving you a specific example, we outsourced some of the things to the Far East mm -hmm. uh, and they had a different way of doing things, mm -hmm. which wasn't compatible with the Western technology, with the US and where our primary business is yeah. in Scandinavia. And as a result, there was a clash of culture, whether you call it culture or yes, yes, uh, yes. issues of not being focused. And as a result, we fell apart on some of the things. And what that means is you've got to understand, look, what is mission critical to your business? Is this really important? Mm. And as a result, going to Melissa's point, do you need to bring that in-house? Right, so this is, what, this is what I want to build on, actually, BitLab. So, so Pete, out of interest, what role do you think a company like BT or EE plays? Because there is a school of thought that says, give me a phone, give me a great connection, try to make the calls work. And then, uh, uh, in the loveliest possible way, I hope not to see you. <laughs> uh, it sounds to me like you've got a slightly different, more supportive philosophy. Yeah, we think there's, there's a bigger role that big tech companies can play. And actually, just to pick up some of the themes, there's a lot of help available for free. Um, so BT, we have a program called Skills for Tomorrow. It's entirely free. Um, you can Google it and find our website, and we provide free uh, webinars and training. Google do something similar with Google Garage. So there's, the first thing I would say is there's a, if, if you're getting started, there's a lot of free advice out there. Um, and, and you know you can build your knowledge of t complex issues like cybersecurity. So I, th I think that, that, that's the first thing to say, lots of things that, that you can get help with. The second thing is we, we, we're not, we don't see ourselves solving all of the issues um, that our customers have, but, but companies like BT now offer things like um, cybersecurity, in, in simple to understand packages that ah. get you started. No, good, helpful. And uh, if I'm allowed to say, I've done a film for you on uh, building a better network and uh, I can see how it's been shared. Um, Melissa, Kim, I'm not asking you to be skeptical about what we've just touched on, but when a large tech firm comes offering support, um, how can that be or how has that been useful in your life? So we've not um, had specific experience with BT. That's nice to know that they care about small businesses. I think that's a missing link in the communications and technology um, between small businesses. But I think um, what I've found just from my own experience is a lot of the training that Google Garage, for example, which I have seen, is rudimental basically mm -hmm. so if you are at a stage where you understand the basics um, it's wonderful for people just getting started out and that's what it's for right but if you already have a decent amount of acumen it's not going to really push you to the next level what we've found is you can actually get a humongous amount of information from the internet in general so there's incredible podcasts from you know literally industry leaders give me a top tip what's your top podcast tip Oh, there's so many good ones. I think Tim Ferriss is amazing. Great show. I love Tim, Tim Ferriss. Um, Seth Rogen does one. Um, there, There's one from everywhere, but you can get people that are like the top marketing executives at Google, Facebook, etc., oh. teaching you about the algorithm. These are really, really valuable. And um, we often, as a team, you know, 
tune into these webinars and, and increase our you know continual knowledge. And what about, and Kim, let's bring you in on this, uh, the world of accelerators, incubators, shiny baubles or genuine value? Um, I, think, I think it depends on, on the, um, a lot of the time it depends on the cohort and who's actually in Good the, yeah. in the, in the, um, in the set with you because um, you learn often as much from your peers as you do from the actual accelerator. Mm. Um, and I think that because of the last year and the way things have been, a lot of this stuff has been more accessible and more um, uh, and more available to you. And I think, you know, as, as Pete was saying, the fact that you've got all these fabulous resources out there, yeah. and I tend to go straight to those resources. I, I, I love to learn about new, new tech and, and so on. But then I normally find the most... Um, uh, well-versed person that I know within my network or who I can um, get to via my network and I, do, I go straight to them and say look what, what's the best way to do this how's the what's the find the shortcuts and, and just out of interest BitLab are, is the IOD the Institute of Directors primarily about centralized resources and advice or is it more about the power of the network unlocking advice from your fellow members I think, I think you've hit it on the head. It is unlocking the network. We, we've got three pillars at the IOD. One is to collaborate, connect, and develop those uh, issues and connect those people, and then influence government and other uh, uh, organizations. So it's more of a thought leadership organization where we're saying, look, there is an issue here. How do we solve that? Yeah. How do we collaborate amongst our 10, 20,000 members yeah. and make sure that we are all aligned? And what is best practice? Yeah. And taking case studies out of that and say, look, this is work. And we are looking at mentoring people at startups, yeah. universities, business schools to say, look, how can those people be mentored by people, seasoned uh, uh, directors? So it's directors for directors is yeah. the way we look at the, at the IOD. Yeah, and and so. finding that mentor is important. Right, yeah. quick question. Here we go. And please get your questions coming through. You can see it in the interactive box. You can post them using the hashtag EBL2021. One is about uh, organizational change. So I guess within your own teams, however large or small they might be, Yihan asks, digital transformation involves organizational change. How do you manage this change for employees to help them to adapt a practical tip, uh, Kim. And, oh my uh, God! Get your reflection. You, you wouldn't want to ask my team how I deal with that. I don't think. What would they um, say? <laughs> um, um, I think that they would say that I often already know what I think that we ought to do, and I kind of um, just somehow make that happen in the end. Um, probably not the best subject. <laughs> But, but, no, but we have, a, very, we have a we have a really collaborative team, and I have yeah. a, a really good exec team, and so we we do do stuff. I do tend to I think you know when you when you run a business, you have to be you have to have the courage of your convictions, and you have to think that what you're doing is is probably right. Yeah. And so, but actually getting the the support of your exec team and then the the wider team is. Have you seen this across organisations? I, I, I was going to add one thing because I've spent a lot of time in Scandinavia, oh. and you've got to understand the cultural difference because in the UK, in the US, it's very much front-led, whereas in Scandinavia, it's much more collaborative. Oh. It's, it's a, they have an expression in Finland called "machla," which means you collaborate with the, both your customers and your suppliers, and it's one team. The way they're building their nuclear plants in the in uh, in Finland is exactly that. Oh. You've got the people in the wood pulp 
uh, industry that want the power and then you've got the people that are supplying the power. Yeah. So they're all working together. Whereas in this country and the US, yeah, I'm a power company, I know best about power and I will supply you the power. So the, the collaboration is not as effective as in Finland. It doesn't always mean that they're right and we're wrong. So how does, that, how does that work in practice, um, would you say, Melissa, this idea of collaborative transformation with your team, with your, with your customers as well? Well, I think that's one of the best things about having a digital business. So we're digitally native with Nourished, and we have a direct connection to our customer. In my previous businesses, I've sold to retail, and don't get me wrong, there's huge volume, it's really exciting, but you have a huge disconnect between you and the end user of your product. And it's really hard to understand what the feedback is on it. And so now, I mean, we have thousands and thousands of customer feedbacks we receive on an, a, a monthly basis. And what we're able to do with our unique concept is we actually have every single month a MPD Ideas Day where every member of the team all the way up through the business sits together and gives, well, sits together remotely. Uh, mm -hmm. and basically gives any idea that they might have, either from a customer feedback, from a process that we have right now which isn't efficient, and I implement like about 70% of them immediately. Interesting. Yeah, and so what's a good example of something you've thought, bang, let's just do it? Well, okay, so for example, we have a quiz in our consultation questionnaire and the number of people asking for mental health solutions um, as their number one goal yeah. went up rapidly during the pandemic. And so we introduced a new ingredient with huge clinical evidence to show that it actually really assists with anxiety and mental health. Brilliant, That's brilliant, love it. So Pete, I mean, clearly these issues aren't just for smaller businesses. And I asked a very senior exec in uh, BT and EE a couple of years ago, the biggest challenge they felt they faced. And they used this phrase, digital transformation. So what can we learn from you about how you're moving? Well, I think you have to sort of take people with you and explain what's in it for the customer, but also how will it help people do, uh, do their roles more effectively. Um, and what's interesting from the, you know, the last 12 months is we've all had to learn how to use Teams and Zoom and Give, allow people more flexible ways of working and, and that's something we think will continue in our company is that even when we return to the office we're going to be able to offer people uh, the ability to work more, more remotely as well and that, yeah. that's, that's potentially good for the individual good. as well as, as the business. And, and Kim, f do build on that. Well, I, I was saying one of the things that we do very well I think as a business is we collaborate a lot with the, with the people that use our products and um, I'm not a technical CEO, I'm a, an inventor and, and I'm, I'm a very practical person and I take real life situations and I try and find digital um, solutions to, to help them but we get to a point and I use this expression where we get to a minimum lovable product, this sort of minimum viable product minimum for us. Lovable. It's a minimum lovable product. And that's the product that you put out there that you know that is just about enough. It's got a, it's you, you kind of take away on it all of the, the bits and pieces that they maybe the nice to haves. And then you then you go to the people that you're working with and you ask them what they want. Because for us when we're working on with Finetti and, and the reading platform, it's teachers yeah. um, and it's parents. But mostly and my favourite um, focus group we've got is a group of kids. We've got literally a board of advisors who range between the ages of six and the chair of that board is a 13-year-old. Really? And that is brilliant. We learn more from that than we learn. So we really do 
you know, it is about asking the people that you're working with, asking your audience what they want, because they're the experts. We're not. All we can do is enable tools to help them do what they need to do better. Interesting. So I think um, to myself here, as you're going through this, and you're navigating very well through this, right? But Michelle, I think it can be a bit like a blizzard with a new type of tech coming out every other day. So how do business leaders navigate through this without getting sort of, you know, snow blinded on the one hand, but at the same time without missing out on the next big thing. It's very difficult. Well, firstly, I wouldn't worry about missing out on the next big thing. Let's, stop, let's not worry about that. The key thing is to think about you and your business and what your business needs to move forward, which is not going to necessarily be the same as everyone else. Um, and, you know, I mentioned a, a bit before, TikTok, for example. I cannot tell you how many people in the last six months have said, should I should I be on TikTok? Should I be doing this? I don't know what to do. Particularly people of my generation who are like, I, I don't, I literally don't know what this is. Um, but the key, the you and your business. What does your business need? Um, how is your business operating? How can you take that next step forward? So when we yeah. talk about digital transformation. It doesn't have to be this massive five year plan. You know, particularly at the moment when. Perhaps the future is a little bit less certain. Just think, what's that next step forward? Speak to a mentor. Have a look on BT Skills for tomorrow. The chances are there's a course on there. Just for an hour, dip in, you know, podcast, dip in, get a little bit of information. Think, is that for me? Can I apply that? Got Can it. my team apply that? So this is helpful. Time. This is helpful, Michelle. Right, we're going to do quick fire. We're going to our last three minutes. Right, question comes here. Mandy Davis, what are the best grants or financial aid small businesses can apply for to help with their digital marketing? Quite specific, fingers on buzzers. Does any resource come to mind? No such thing as that. Yes, Melissa? So there are lots and lots of little mini grants from people like Google, Amazon, and Facebook for brand new businesses that are setting up like business manager ad accounts. And mm -hmm. you normally get a certain amount of money that you can use for free. Um, when and you say money, it's sort of in kind in that sense. Yeah, they yeah. basically put a credit in your account okay, so that you can test it out. And Google ads and Facebook slash Instagram are still the biggest channels for generating sales and interest. So they're Hit quite that, powerful. Well, you should have come to a, an event we ran about two, three weeks ago on funding for mm. small entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And it was exactly those. There are a lot of grants available from the government, startup grants and other things that are available at the moment. They are sub-million or they're mm -hmm. a couple of hundred thousand to five thousand pounds, depending on what you're trying to use those for. Isn't, so, isn't just to the point the, of the... Sorry, forgive me, carry right. on a bit. And, and the issue is that how can you use those? And it's getting those grants to back up what you're trying to do. And, and it's, it leads you to building a business plan and other things. Mm. And therefore, provided, and this is what I touched on initially, you've got to have a direction of where you're trying to go to. So, and, so, so uh, my, my challenge on this, though, and please, for anyone, is that sometimes these pots, if I can call them that, are very happy to fund what's going on in a laboratory, for example. But if you start to say, no, 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 this is for funding my sales and marketing effort, yeah they're less keen to get the cash register going. Maybe I've got that wrong, Kim. Well, I, I, I think you're right, because I think that people assume that investor funds and, you, you know, your initial sort of seed and your um, funds are, are what marketing's for. Marketing almost becomes a dirty word. It's like, how are you going to commercialise? Well, actually, the whole point is about finding a way of commercialising. So I think that it is harder. It right. is... 
We're going to do, um, ah, we've got so many more questions um, uh, coming through, but the good news is you don't get off yet because Hannah is going to grill you uh, backstage. And I'm wondering to myself about the best money you ever spent on uh, digital. But let's just remind us, uh, Kafoodle, we can find out more about that uh, online. Love your child-led board. That is fantastic. Good work. Um, let's just not uh, be uh, unclear about Nourished as well. We mm -hmm. can Google. Does it have a, just, a, just an ED at the end? Yeah, well, it's spelled Nourish 3D, but it looks like a backwards E. But just type in Nourished Vitamins to Google and it will come up first. Don't worry. Yeah, well, we look forward to that. Thank <laughs> you. And BitLab, of course, the IOD chapters all over the UK as well. We are. We're a global organization. We are um, IOD members, which are single directors of companies. So yeah. we are not represented and we are neutral in terms of our political affiliation. Good, important point. And if I may say, not to put words in your mouth, for all generations. For all generations. So this is from cradle to grave. We have veterans that are retired yeah. and we've also got people that are coming straight out of universities uh, that are being mentored as we speak. Good. Well, Pete, next time we'll hear about more about those skills for tomorrow. But for now, uh, thank you all. As I say, please go through and see my colleague just in the next few minutes as you leave the stage uh, one by one now. But thank you so much for joining me. That's been uh, a really, really interesting conversation. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Okay, well, great. Well, so um, I've taken a couple of things from that. I don't know about you. Firstly, this idea of collaboration. What can we learn from our Nordic cousins about how to bring others into those conversations, our customers, our suppliers? Also, um, I don't feel it was confusing, but I did take from that the lesson that there may be times, particularly with academic partners, to go to someone outside, but very often there's a chance to build your own team. I should have also thanked Michelle Ovens, who not only keynoted there, but also drove our next panel. Uh, let me just tell you one thing about what's going to happen next. Our next keynote is going to be from Sunny Dani from Ring Central, and that is one to particularly look forward to. That is going to be at five past 12. The next breakout session is going to be from AWIN UK's strategy director, James Bentley. And that's all about solutions for your online e-commerce challenges. And that's going to be very, very interactive. And you can see that in the What's On tab. Now, I wish I'd had another 20 minutes with those guests. The good news is Hannah Previtt is waiting backstage with them one by one for a little bit more. So it's over to you, Hannah. Hello. Do you Hi. Have a few uh, moments with you, Melissa. Sure. Um, so thank you for that session. It was amazing. Um, I'm really interested to learn a bit more about 3D printing. What is the oddest thing that you've ever 3D printed? A um, version of the Burj Khalifa in 24 karat gold candy for uh, the ruler of Dubai. Wow, <laughs> that is quite something. Yeah, that was a long time ago. But yeah, we did the opening of the DXB airport's new wing, and that was one of the things they gave to the media. That is extraordinary. <laughs> I wasn't expecting such an excellent response to that question. Um, so it sounds like things are really going great guns. And, you know, manufacturing in the Midlands, what a, an amazing uh, thing for the local economy there. Um, yeah. So it sounds like you're growing really quickly. So what, what are we looking at percentage year on year there? 
Well, we started in um, May of 2019 with four people. We now have 70 people and two factories, and we're building our third site at the moment. So, I mean, business-wise, we've grown exponentially, and we love the Midlands so much. It's a fantastic place to start a business and to grow one. We have huge access to talent and a really wonderful network around us that has supported us and made all that growth possible. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of growth, it's a question I put to one of our speakers earlier. Is there such a thing as growing too fast? <laughs> depends on how prepared you are. Um, I think that really fast growth brings challenges that are unique to every business. Um, it is really kind of strange to go from four to 70 people. One of the biggest challenges that we have and that I kind of lose sleep about over uh, is losing our culture because we have an amazing close-knit team that, you know, that culture is so important to the longevity of the business and making sure all these new people are fully in that is really key. So that's something we spend a lot of time on. We think about a lot and we put a lot of plans in place around. Mm -hmm. And one quick last question from me. So talking about culture and thinking about culture, obviously that panel just now was all about digital transformation. How do you create a culture around switching off? Uh, I tell them to. <laughs> um, we basically have this thing on Friday. We do a roundup, which is usually a bit more fun than our normal meetings. We do quizzes and all sorts of other things, like kind of highlighting team birthdays and and really good, um, you know, performance by individual team members. And we give, you know, like presents and prizes, whatever, to people. Um, and then at the end of that day, I usually try and let people go early on a Friday. And I really do individually speak to them on a regular basis and, you know, make sure I remind them that they need to make sure they switch off and look after themselves because we need them for the long term. Mm -hmm. What a great uh, strategy for keeping hold of people <laughs> and uh, creating a great culture there. So thank, thank you, you so much for that, Melissa. My pleasure. And I'll definitely be in touch because I'm sure my four-year-old would love some of your gummy vitamins. Absolutely. So I will be in touch. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Thank you. Take care. Biplab, if you uh, could come and join me here. So we were talking earlier about kind of digital transformation, what that means for businesses of all different shapes and sizes. How much of it do you plan for and have a strategy around and how much is done by the flying by the seat of your pants? I, I think to an extent we look at it in two aspects. There's the efficiency issue. Previously I was sort of a nomad living out of a suitcase traveling quite a lot. Now I can do the same thing sitting at my front desk <laughs> and talking to people in Australia, to New Zealand, to anywhere else. And that makes a big difference in terms of how you accommodate the time aspects so you can concentrate on a lot more things than you could do previously whereas now even in the IOD chair role I would have to go from one side of uh, east of England to the other side it would be a two three hour journey and back again so you use the whole day whereas now I can have four or five meetings in the same day and uh, I think nothing of it so that is the, 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 the issue at hand that's the real change now have we planned for that to an extent, previously it would have probably not been acceptable. Now it is, and it's become the norm. So what was previously something that we were aspiring to, we thought it might happen in five, ten years because of the pandemic, it's been brought on to us. Mm -hmm now. Amazing. Well, some key <laughs> learnings to take forward there as we exit the pandemic, let's hope. Bitplab, I was short but sweet. I'm going to have to go right. on to our next guest. Thank you so much right. for your time today. Thank you. Hello. Just a quick fire question for you. So what is the one piece of kind of software or an app or a gadget that you could not run your business without? Um, Slack. 
probably slack in terms of keeps all especially so for anybody who doesn't know what that is oh it's it's um it's um, a messaging and uh tool to be able to basically communicate without the rally of tons and tons of emails quick messaging and so on it's just pretty useful mm-hmm. and great for businesses of all shapes and sizes yeah, at the time, a- a- absolutely, times we absolutely. and they sort of start with a free version uh, and go up to, to to all kinds of things but um, yeah I think Slack's probably one of the things that we, we use a great deal yeah. I think it's collaboration anything you can use that is uh, enhances collaboration and transparency mm-hmm. I think that um, that's that's the kind of the critical stuff I think it's all about making sure that whatever's going on people can um, you know because you don't yeah yeah, particularly particularly at a time when we can't all be together in the office. So hundred percent, hundred. That's been quite an, an, an interesting transformation, because you know when you've got tech teams that are very very used to um, being working remotely and and so on, and you know then you've got the, the teams like us that actually have been used to working in our office to suddenly work remotely. Then I think that the communication tools were even more vital. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, well, that is fantastic, and there's some great lessons there for our audience to take away. So, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Just one quick question for you, and Hello. it's a big, it's a big answer, I suspect. Cybersecurity: Should small businesses care? Uh, absolutely, and our research shows that not enough small businesses are actually looking at that. So, I think you know the risk. You've got to think. You've got to think through the risks. Mm-hmm. There are lots of criminals out there. And if your business were to get ripped off in some way, could you afford to lose 10, 20, 30,000 pounds? But there's some really simple steps you can take. Um, look online for help from places like Google Garage or BT Skills for Tomorrow. Make sure your software's up to date and invest a little bit in a solution around your firewall, your antivirus. Make sure the people you work with are kind of aware of the threat as well. So yes, absolutely look out for that. Mm-hmm. Some great practical advice there. So thank you very much and sorry to rush you through. No problem. Um, Thank you very much. much.